How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah? All right. Too excited? Too excited? I'll try to be quiet up here, right? Make sure I won't uh, disturb anybody. But uh, listen, if, if you don't know me, my name is Daniel. Uh, I get the privilege to be a part of the pastoral team and the teaching team here on Wednesday nights. And uh, it's just a privilege, it's an honor to, uh, to teach and to, to preach. I really enjoy it, and I'm just, I counted it uh, an honor. Before I get started, I want to say this. As I was studying, um, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say that he wanted me to pray and lay hands on people right after the service, specifically who's dealing with anxiety. Um, so if, if you're in here tonight and you've dealt with anxiety or you, you know somebody who, who has anxiety and you want to just, you know, stand and represent and, and stand in the gap for them, after the, 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 the service is over, we're going to just dismiss. And uh, if you want to come up here and meet with me and there will be some of the prayer team up here, I just want to lay hands on you and just be obedient to the Holy Spirit and, uh, and just believe God that, that he will heal you tonight and that anxiety will leave you. Do you guys believe in a, in a powerful God? Yeah? Amen? And so uh, the Holy Spirit is, is awesome, and I just want to honor him and, and, and do that. So um, but, you know, the teaching, I, I was talking to God about it, I was like, well, you know, sometimes when you hear that, it's like you try to help God sometimes, and I'm like, man, maybe I need to work that in the sermon, and I don't really feel led to do that. Um, so I'm actually speaking on grace tonight. Uh, so if you're taking notes, the title of, of the message is The Pace of Grace. The Pace of Grace. I believe there's a rhythm, and there's a pace, and there's a there's like a flow that, that, that God has for us as we walk with God that will just bless us and we will live in the blessing of God. So when I say the word grace, um, I think that can bring different definitions to people depending on uh, whether you've been raised in the church or, or, or you haven't, you're new to church or you've been around. Um, when I say that word grace, you know, some people think of the song, Amazing Grace. How many of you guys ever heard of that song? It's an amazing song, Right. But, but obviously that word goes beyond worship and, and, and thanking God for that. When I say the word grace, sometimes we associate that with the salvation experience and coming to Jesus. And, and that is very much a part of it. Um, but it, it's, it, it's beyond that. And, I, and I, my prayer tonight is that we'll have a better understanding of it. And uh, most importantly, we'll be able to experience it better. Uh, and I know that when I say that word grace, I know for some people... Uh, you kind of put the brakes on a little bit because uh, there, there's this feeling of like truth and grace and like, you know, is it too much? Is there such thing as too much grace? Does that enable people to do something they shouldn't be doing? But Titus 2 uh, verse 11 says this, for the grace of God, somebody say grace. grace. Let's say it one more time. Someone say grace. grace. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Verse 12 says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good. So, yes, there is the grace that we say the saving grace but there is also that, what well, I would like to say, a sustaining grace. Like the same grace that saved you is the same grace that's going to sustain you, that's going to give you the empowerment that you need to live a holy and godly life. It's that same grace that teaches us to actually do the opposite 
of what some people may or may not believe, which is, you know, kind of enables you to do, to sin or to not, to not honor God or fear God. It's like, oh, I'm just going to do this because, you know, God's grace will take care of it. I think to the contrary, the Bible teaches us that actually biblical grace will, if you understand it correctly, if you honor it correctly, that it will actually keep you from that kind of lifestyle. It teaches us that. And so it's that grace that, that brings salvation, but it's that grace that teaches us to live righteously as well. Um, and, 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 you know, when I'm talking about the, the pace of grace, I believe that there's a rhythm and there's a flow that the Holy Spirit really has for us to live in this, not just at the time you, you come to Jesus, but even in the time that you're living for Jesus. Um, this is what Paul said. Paul was an amazing apostle. Paul did some amazing things for God. I mean, he wrote the majority of the New Testament. And uh, if you study the Bible, if you've heard some messages, I mean, when you hear the word Paul, you, the name Paul, you're going to say, man, that guy was legit. Like, he was, he was the real deal. He was an apostle. He lived for God. He suffered for God. Listen to what he had to say about grace in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. The context of what Paul is saying here is he's talking about how, how there were other apostles before him, like Peter and James and John, and how like he was the least, he came way after, but yet he's, he's, he's calling on the title on this office that God has anointed him with, and Paul is realizing that he is an apostle, not called by men, but called by God, and the only reason that he's able to say that is because God has given him the grace to do that. God has given him the enablement to do that. He has given him the power to do that. And, and, and he's saying, I have labored more than all. And that sounds like a, a very strong statement, but he's saying, the only reason I've been able to do that is because the grace given to me. And so he knew that it was by God's grace. In 2 Peter 3.18, it says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Have you ever heard that before? I mean, we've heard about growing in love. We've heard about growing in faith. But did you know the Bible says that we are to grow in grace? And, and if you only associate the word grace with the time you came to Jesus, then I'm not sure that would make sense. But if you understand that grace goes beyond that, and as a matter of fact, the word salvation is, is far beyond that experience you have when you surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. The word salvation is, is in Greek, S-O-Z-O, and, and it means much more than, you know, having access to heaven. It means heaven coming to you in your life. And so when you say that grace has brought salvation to you, it's saying that not only do you have a place in heaven, which is an amazing, amazing thing, but it's saying that you have your place here on earth that you are able to live under a heaven, open heaven. You are able to live with the power of the Holy Spirit and you are able to flow with what God is doing. And so, and so, again, you are able to grow in that grace. And I believe specifically that it is to grow in our understanding of grace and it is to grow in our experience with grace. The Bible says that grace has appeared to all men, right? 
And that doesn't mean that everybody's going to tap into it. Otherwise, everybody would be saved. And that would be an amazing thing. But the difference is our response to God's grace. The difference is our understanding and our, our receiving of God's grace. And, and, and the way we do that is we grow into it. You, you have an experience with it, but it doesn't just stop with an experience. It continues with growing in God's grace. And so let me define the word grace for you. It is, it is charis or charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And in the simplest form, it means to show favor. Like favor is a synonym of grace. Like God showed grace, it means that he showed favor. And so you can, you can interchange those words many times. That's what is translated. Uh, sometimes it's translated by, by thankfulness and thanks, but most of the time it's, it's favor. And that word grace is to show favor, but... More than that, like a little bit deeper in that definition, it's uh, as a superior showing favor to an inferior is what it is. Um, it's as if a king who is superior is showing favor to a peasant who has no title, who has no influence, who has no uh, say in the kingdom. But yet the king is showing favor to this person who has no ranking in the kingdom and if it had not been for that favor shown to this peasant, then the peasant would not have been able to attain or gain or do whatever that grace and favor allowed that person to do. And so specifically, it's not just showing favor, but it's showing favor to somebody who doesn't deserve it. It's showing favor to somebody who could never earn it. It's showing favor to somebody who could never repay what that person has made available for them. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing word. And, and when you look at Christianity, when you look at what God has done, I mean, if it had not been for God's goodness, where would we be? Amen? The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, before we even knew we needed a Savior, he was already working on our behalf. And I think if you can sum up Christianity and our faith and what's so different, what's so special, what's unique, what's so amazing about it, I think that grace should be involved in that conversation. Because when you compare about how we live our life and what we do in our faith, the difference is that we're not trying to work, we're not trying to, to do something in our efforts to attain something great. It's on the contrary, God in and of himself showed his goodness for us and to us even when we did not deserve it. By his grace we are saved. And not only at that time, but by his grace, we're able to do what he's called us to do. And so it's showing favor, but it's showing unmerited favor. It's showing an, a special favor to somebody who could never have attained what is given to them unless otherwise from the superior being showing this amazing, gracious favor. So here's point number one if you're taking notes, uh, and that is this. There is provision in his grace. There is provision in his grace. In dealing with the pace of grace, there is provision uh, when you are in line with what he's doing in his grace. Uh, where God tells you to go, you go. And where God tells you to stay, you stay. And as a result, you're blessed. Amen? As a result, you're blessed. God's favor and his goodness and his provision is made available for you when you are where he wants you to be. When you are in God's will. 
And uh, what can happen so many times is that we can get out of sync and we can get out of rhythm with, with what God is doing in our lives. It's like the picture that I get is this. is like the Holy Spirit is walking in a specific direction and he's walking at a specific speed and he's asking you to go with the pace that he is setting. And sometimes if you're like me, if I can be real, Sometimes we can get ahead of what the Holy Spirit is trying to do and in the timing that he's doing it. And sometimes we make our own way to where we start doing this and the Holy Spirit is still walking back here and we can actually get out of pace and rhythm with what God is doing in our lives. And, and I don't think we intend to do that. You know, most of us, I think, I think, you know, we have a good heart and we really say, Lord, you know, we want to serve you. We want to be, you know, doing what you've called us to do. But sometimes we can get distracted and sometimes we can try to, to create, you know, what God is doing in our own time. Or sometimes we think that, you know, we heard God say something and so it must be this. And we don't have the patience and the humility to just say, okay, Lord, what are you doing and, what are you, and how are you doing it to just walk in the pace that God is given. And we end up making decisions sometimes without him. I think if we can be honest, we've all done that, right? We've made a decision without him. And as a result, we can be trying to maintain something that God didn't even design for us to maintain. But there's a pace. And here's the thing about the pace is that it's God who sets the pace, <laughs> And, and it's not us who set the pace. God sets the pace. It takes humility and it takes faith to walk step by step with God. And the devil will try to distract you and the devil will try to stop you. And, and get this. Here's, here's the thing about the devil. is like his thing is like trying to push people away from the grace of God so that they never come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So if, you, if, if people don't know God, he's, his, his objective is to like... Never allow you to encounter his grace. And once you encounter his grace, you know what his objective is? To try to get you out, out of sync and out, out of line of God's grace. And sometimes we know this, right? That the devil will try to get in front of you and oppose you and stop you from the direction God is having you walk in and the speed he's having you walk in. But I want to tell you tonight that not only does he try to step in front of you, but he'll even come behind you and he'll try to push you too. And he'll try to push you ahead of God sometimes. He'll try to push you outside of the road that God has you on, the path that God has you on. And if we're not careful, if we don't have this in our mindset and in our heart to say there's a rhythm, there's a pace of grace, there is a move and there is a walk with what God is doing right now that, that causes me to keep up, but to also stay back whenever I need to. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? And so we can get distracted sometimes. Here's some, here's some uh, examples of that. Sometimes we get distracted when we make decisions based on comparisons that we have made with other people with one another. The Bible says it's not wise to compare ourselves amongst ourselves. It's just not wise because it's not really fair ground. It's like, how can I compare myself with somebody else, even if we're in the same age, we're in the same age, uh, we have different backgrounds, we have different strengths, we have different 
weaknesses, we have different callings, we have different things that God is doing in our lives. And, 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 and sometimes we get so caught up with comparing ourselves with other people that we start making decisions based on what we think or what we you know, are comparing ourselves with that we actually get out of line and out of sync with God and what he's doing. Sometimes we uh, allow our past to be in the driver's seat of our future. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you grew up with not having a lot. You know, maybe, maybe you know, not, not having enough and just getting by. And, 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 and sometimes, you know, without even realizing it, you make this declaration in your heart that you're not going to grow up that way. And so as a result, you, 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 you get into this rhythm and lifestyle of trying to make sure that that never happens again. And that that doesn't happen to your family. And, and although that is, there's some goodness in that, it's not the determining factor of the decisions that should be made in your life. Amen? It's not the voice of God for you. It's not the grace of God for you. It's not the provision in that way that God has for you. And sometimes we can get distracted by trying to fill a void in our hearts that only Jesus can fill. Sometimes we can be trying to satisfy a need in other areas and as a result get out of sync in what God is doing and how God is stepping in the way and at that time. I love this scripture in Psalms 139 that David says, he starts, Psalms 139, he, he, he starts off by saying, Lord, you know me. <laughs> you know my heart. You know everything. A little bit down the line it says, you, you, you created my inward parts. You formed me in my mother's womb. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's just like acknowledging that God knows everything about him. And then at the end of the chapter, David finishes it by saying, Lord, search my heart. <laughs> and if there's anything that is evil, would you expose it? Like, I open my heart to you. And if you don't understand David's heart, it almost is like, David, but you already said that God knows your heart. What are you saying at the end? But if you know that, that David's heart is one of those that were after God, God's own heart, you'll know that David acknowledged, he acknowledges that God knows all things. He knows him better than he knows him. He acknowledges that and he realizes that and he gives him place for that. But yet he humbles himself at the end and says, even though you do know these things, I still say, Lord, if there's anything that I need to know, show me, Lord. Show me, God. Show me, is there a void that I have that I'm trying to fill somewhere else, that I'm trying to provide for my own self, that I'm missing out because it's only by your grace that you're able to provide that. Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of God. All what things? All the things that you need. That's the context of the scripture. All the things that you need. Here's the key in this first point to the pace of grace and, and just, just living under God's grace is, is this. It's, it's simple. It really is. It's probably something you've heard before, but I'm going to tell you it because it, it is a powerful statement and it is a truth. The key to the pace of grace, part of this is putting God first in your life. It's putting God first in your life. Is, is walking with Jesus step by step and allowing him 
to be in the driver's seat. Psalms 127.1, which is a scripture that I love dearly. It's a scripture that um, we, we, in our family we talk about it, especially before we make big moves and big decisions. In the ministry that I get to be a steward over and to serve in, this is a key scripture for me in my life. I mean, all the scriptures are, 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 are great. But when I think about this scripture, I think about, I think about that pace. I think about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, how I'm doing it, for what reasons. Am I doing it just for me? Am I trying to build my kingdom or am I trying to build God's kingdom? Psalms 127.1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Unless God builds the house, unless he builds it, they labor in vain, those who build it. What does that mean? Unless God has his hands on it, unless God is involved in it, unless God is in the blueprint, then we're laboring in vain. And it's not just talking about a literal house here. It's talking about what you decide to put your hands to. It's talking about what you decide to build. It's talking about what you decide to do. It's talking about what you decide to move and to, and to, or where to stay. It's unless God builds the house. When we build the house, we can, it can only go so far. It can only stand for so long. And what happens many times is that we build the house or we make the decision and we make the move and we never consulted with God in the beginning about it and we're going about our merry way and then you finally realize that the Holy Spirit's back here and you're like, God, bless this thing because I, I, I did this. I, I made this move. I, I, I went this way. So would you please bless it? Would you please provide for it? And if you humble yourself and you're sensitive enough, you might hear the Holy Spirit say something like this. I never asked you to go that way. Or is that just me? I never asked you to, to do that. I never asked you to, like my hands or my, my fingerprints are not on that. Like, unless God builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to labor in vain. I don't want to strive for something that God never intended for me to be striving for. I'd rather stride in God's grace and allow him to bless me and not say, God, bless this, bless this in a panic mode, but just know that because he, he's doing in it, he's the one that told me to do it, then I can expect his blessing. I can expect his provision because he's the one that called me to do it. And if he called me to do it, then I believe that he's going to provide for me to do what he's called me to do. Really what this is is, is called coming under God's authority. Amen? It's, it's saying, like, Jesus, you're Lord. And if I want you to do what you do best, if I want your provision, if I want God's blessing, then I'm going to do it God's way. And that, that, that is for everything. That is in who you marry. That is in how you raise your children. That is in what you put your hands to in the ministry. That is how you treat other people. I mean, God, how, how are you walking right now? How are you like, what is the pace that we're going at? What is the direction that we're going in? Because I want to go in that direction. I want to go at that pace. I don't want to get ahead of you, and I don't want to make my own path because I don't want to labor in vain. Because I know that if I seek you first, 
all the other stuff that I'm concerned about will be added to me. I don't have to go looking for those things first because that's just an addition. Your kingdom's first. What you're doing, your voice is, 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 is powerful and it's, it has its place in my life. It's, it's, it's something that you come into God. Uh, the book of Jonah is all about God's grace. If you study the book of Jonah, it's, it's, it's about God's grace. And, and it's mainly demonstrating that God's grace and mercy is extended beyond the Hebrew people. That's, that's the big takeaway from Jonah. It's like, it's not just about Israel. It's not just about the Hebrew nation. It's about all of mankind and God's grace for that. But even within the life of Noah, you see God's grace. You see what happens. Um, in a nutshell, Jonah's a prophet. He's asked to go to Nineveh. He goes the exact opposite way. As a result, he's in a storm. And then a, a big fish, a whale, most likely swallows him. And he's in there three days and three nights. And it's like he went out of God's grace. He went his own way. He made his own thing. And as a result, he's striving. He's struggling. He's in a place where he shouldn't be. And the Bible says that he humbled himself and he prayed and he finally realized that what God was saying was something he should have done. And the Bible says God spoke to the fish. He ejected him out of the fish and God did with him what he wanted to do before all of that. Here's the hope in the story of Jonah. Here's the amazing thing about grace is that by God's grace, Jonah should have just obeyed. But he disobeyed. And even in his, in his disobedience, it was by God's grace that he was preserved, that his life was preserved, and he went back into what God had called him to do. And so here's the good news for you. Don't feel condemned at all. I hope that this would, would, would encourage us to seek God first. But if you say, man, I'm in a place that I shouldn't have been, then the good news is that you just have to humble yourself and realize that where you are that God can do something amazing still in your life. In James uh, chapter 4, verse 6, he says, He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. How many of you guys want grace? He says, He gives grace to the humble. Um, point number two there's rest in his grace. There's rest in his grace, there's provision in his grace. But there's rest in his grace. Jesus had a pace. When Jesus was here on earth, he had a pace. Uh, Jesus was slow enough to bring people around him. He was slow enough to see what God was doing at the moment. Jesus was slow enough to heal the woman with the issue of blood on his way to heal the little girl. And yet, he was always moving. There's a thing about a pace in God's grace that doesn't have you striving and saying, I have to get from this point to that next assignment and everything in the middle doesn't matter. There's a thing about God's grace that says, yes, there's an assignment, but even in the middle, there's a miracle. Even on the way, there's some things that are being developed in you. Even on the way, there's a, there's a woman that needs a touch from God. Even on the way, there's some compassion that needs to be given to other people. And when you study Jesus' life, I never read in the Gospels that Jesus forgot and he 
was in a hurry and Jesus was stressed out and the disciples just took off and it was crazy and they needed to be here, but they were there. Like, I, I never read that. I mean, Jesus was late for Lazarus, but even with that, he said, didn't I tell you if you believed you would have seen the glory of God? Martha was like, Jesus, if you were here, Lazarus would have never been dead. He would have never died. And Jesus is like, chill out. I was on a mission. There's a pace. And yet he still arrives to the scene and he still does something amazing. He still does something powerful. And I believe that there is a power and there is a, there, there's a power in that rest. There's a, there is a, an authority and there is a power when you know that it's not just about getting somewhere. It's not just about doing something great one day. It's about the moment. It's about what God is doing right now. Like, it's favor. It's, it's, it's empowerment. It's enablement. It's, he's able to do something in you because of the grace that's been bestowed on you. Ephesians 4, 7 says, but to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Ephesians 3, 7 says, uh, let's see, Ephesians 3, 7, I don't have it here. Oh, there it is. Of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Paul's saying, I became a minister according to the grace given to me. According to the grace given to me. 1 Corinthians 3.10 says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. According to the grace of God, I have laid the foundation. How many of you guys know that it takes time to lay a foundation? It takes, it takes some wisdom. It takes some know-how. It takes some knowledge. Like there's, there's a lot to it. But, but Paul said it's because of the grace given to me. I was able, like a wise master builder, I was able to lay a foundation in your life. God has given you grace to provide for you, but God has given you grace to enable you and empower you to be the mother he's called you to be, to be the father, to be the husband, to be the wife, to be the children's worker, to be the usher, to be the minister, to love at work, to do all of that he's called you to do. God has given you grace to do it. And we are to grow in that. We are to live in that. We are to walk in that. We are to do what God has called us to do. I'm going to wrap up with this. There is peace in his grace. There is peace in God's grace. I think a very big way, a very big key to stay within God's pace for our lives, it has so much to do with our approach and our belief system. Of God. It really does. Um, it has to do with how we approach God and how we think of God. Um, it, I mean, that has everything to do with how we receive from God, how we move and operate and are used by God. It has to do with what you really believe. And sometimes you have some beliefs that you don't realize you have until God sometimes will expose that to you. And Ephesians 2.8, it gives us this order that I believe we start with. But we kind of get out of sync and out of line as we live for God and as we grow. But we need to be reminded to put the order back in its place. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace, somebody say by grace. By grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of your works, lest anyone should boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here's the order, okay? By grace, through faith, for works. By grace, through faith, for works. How many of you guys believe that? When you came to Jesus, it was by grace, it was through your faith, and you believed it, and you received it, and it was for works so that you can do something for God's kingdom, so that you can be free, so that you can help other people get free, right? And we get that in the beginning, but as we live for God and as we get to know more about the Bible, as we start coming to church, as we start doing things for God, here's what happens is we rearrange that and we say, by works, through faith, for grace. Let me explain that. We rearrange it. We say, by me coming to church, by me reading my Bible, by me serving in this ministry, and my faith in that, I'm going to obtain God's grace for my life. And I'm going to walk in God's grace and his favor, but it's by my works. And we put that out of order and we start working so hard and striving so hard and there's no peace in that. And there's, then we approach God in our hearts with that mindset and with that belief. It's like, I have to do this and I have to do it by faith so that I can receive God's grace and so that I can receive God's goodness and his unmerited favor for my life. But the Bible says it's by grace it's through your faith in that, and it's four works. Or how about when we rearrange it this way, when we say it's by faith? By faith, through works, for his grace. You know that faith is great. We need faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, but faith has its place. Our faith is not in ourselves. Our faith is not in anything or anybody but in Christ alone, amen? And I think sometimes we can get so zealous for God and have amazing faith and you almost put yourself in the seat that only God can sit in to where we have to come back and say, it's God who is the miracle worker and my job is just to believe. My, my job is just to receive. But the reason it's hard is because it's natural to work for something, to earn something. That's human nature to strive for something. And that's what this world is based off of, this system. This, the, the, the system of this world is do something, work something, and earn something so that you can make something out of it and of yourself. But God's kingdom is opposite from the system of this world, and it says, that's why I came, because you can never do enough. You can never work enough. You can never be good enough. And that's why it's always by grace and always for, through, because of God's grace and our faith in God's grace. And it's for the, the works that God has prepared for us. By grace, through faith, for good works. And, 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 and talking about the pace of grace, it's important Keep that in its order. It's important to come and approach God and say, God, I can never be good enough. I can never, it, it's only by God's grace. It doesn't mean that you're never going to work for something. Paul said here, he said, Call, by God's grace, I, I've been called. I am who I am. 
by God's grace, I've labored more than they are. And so there is still preparation. There is still, you know, this, 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 this place in our life where we still are living for God and we're still making decisions for God. And there's times where it might not be so easy going and we have to exercise our faith. And we, but that labor is by God's grace. There's a grace for that. There's, a, there, there is an, there's an empowerment to do what God has called you to do. And I just want to encourage you tonight, and I want to remind you that there is a pace that the Holy Spirit is walking beside you on. And if we can recognize and ask God tonight, say, Lord, what are you doing? I want to do that. I want to line up with that. I don't want you to line up with what I'm doing. I want to change whatever I need to change and line up with what you're doing. I want to walk in that. I want to, I want to walk in that because I know that there, like Elisha, there, there's provision there. You know, there's, there's, there's things you're going to do there that only you can do. If you would have known me when I, was a, when I first came to Jesus, I would have never thought I would be up here. I was the most timid person. I was so full of fear. I was so insecure. Uh, I got saved at a Spanish Pentecostal church, and everybody there, to me, was crazy. Like, they're praising God with all they got. And it would just be fitting for me to do the same. But because of my insecurities, because of my fear, I couldn't even lift a hand in worship. Even though they're jumping and shouting, I couldn't even do that because of it. I would have never thought in my life that I would be up here in front of a group of people teaching and preaching about God's word. I would have never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing. I would have never thought that God would have called me. But because of God's grace, because of his goodness, not because of me, not because I'm good, not because I've earned it, but because he's provided his grace for it and he's also put grace on it so that I can do it according to his gifting that he's given me. Amen? And I believe that's true for you. I believe God has a grace for you to do something greater than your capacity to where it's without a doubt God's hand is on you. And when you do that, you'll grow, you'll know Jesus more, and you'll make him known. Amen? Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes with me as I went over eight minutes and 20 seconds. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this amazing night. And Jesus, I pray, God, that your word penetrates us tonight. And that you would just remind us, God, of what you're doing. I pray, Holy Spirit, that there would be humility in our hearts. As you said, you give grace to the humble. And God, may we understand this more. May this just be the, the, the beginning of us having revelation of your grace. May, we, may you open our eyes to it. May we see it in a different lens. That it wasn't just a one-time, one-thing deal, but it's an everyday need. And it's an empowerment. It's an enablement. It is a favor, God, that only you can give. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would speak to our hearts and you would give us boldness and courage to make the decisions that we need to make. 